Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number four of the show today, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And we're pleased to have a very special guest on the phone lines. A four-time Pro Bowler just announced his retirement with the Raiders at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center a little earlier this afternoon is Richie Incognito. And Richie, thank you so much for your time. We definitely appreciate you. And how does that sound, man, being officially retired by the, with the Silver and Black? You know what? It's got a nice ring to it. It's, uh, it's so great to retire with such a storied organization. You know, since I got to Oakland and to Las Vegas, it uh, it just felt like home. You know, I, I took the long way in becoming a Raider, but I was definitely born a Raider, and this was uh, this was meant to be. Have you had a chance yet to sit back and look at your career and just see the how it just went and, and how it developed? And like you said, you took the long way to becoming a Raider, but just the whole journey that you had. You know what? It was a great journey, man. It really was. You know, we've I've had my ups, my downs, my in betweens. But, you know, I'm most proud of coming back each time, being faced with a set of adversity, me collecting myself, collecting my thoughts, growing as a person, and then coming back and, and answering the bell. And uh, just to be able to do that and to play in the trenches for so long and to play a physical brand of football. And, you know, I just want to let the fans know, you know, that, that was my passion for the game. That was my love for my brothers. Um, I went out there to put on a show every week for the fans so that they were, would enjoy the games and, uh, it's been a, been a long career. Um, when I got to Oakland with Coach Gruden and Mayock and Mr. Davis, they just embraced me as one of their own. They trusted me to help lead their men. And uh, it's great. It's a, it's a really great day for me to retire a Raider. You know, that's one of the things we talked about earlier in the show today. We weren't there because we were here on the radio, but we were saying how it, I felt like that you were almost one of those coaches on the field while you were a member of the Silver and Black. How did you see the guys around you even develop and grow, and especially Colton Miller, who has turned into a really good tackle? Absolutely, man. You know, I was, I was brought in to bring some consistency to Colton to help calm him down, you know, get him to play pro-style offense. You know, I, I came in, and uh, my first snap as a Raider, I got my stance, and Colton is, you know, 55, 22. I told we got back to the huddle, and I said, listen, brother, you be quiet out there. Me and Rodney are going to talk, and I'm going to tell you what to do on every play. You don't even have to think. So to see Colton, you know, uh, drop the training wheels and really just kind of come into his own, he's a, he's a stout left tackle. He's one of the best left tackles in the league. You know, I'm most proud of my work with Colton to my left and then Andre James in the middle. You know, we basically all lived together, the three amigos in Oakland. Uh, we forged a friendship and a brotherhood and a bond. And, you know, I help guide those guys, help guide those guys to be better players, be better people, you know, to be financially secure. Um, and, yeah, my role when I came in, I've always given back, but when my role here with the Raiders, we had such a young roster. We had all the guys coming up through the pipeline, Hunter Renfro, Max Crosby, Foster Moreau, Alec Ingold. And to be able just to be there and be a rock and be a leader for those guys, show those guys how to work hard, show those guys what it looks like to be a pro every day, 
that's what I'm most proud of. I'm most proud to to see these guys take their career to new heights. You know, Max Crosby is a nightmare coming off the edge. The guy is just grit, determination. I see a lot of myself in Max. So uh, to be a part of that, to pass on the game, to pass on the knowledge, you know, the life knowledge, the game knowledge, uh, I took great pride in that. Talking with recently retired offensive lineman Richie Incognito here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And, you know, you mentioned the three amigos, and you guys did everything together in Oakland, talking about Colton Miller, Andre James, and yourself. And we were talking about offensive linemen in general and how you guys have to be a band of brothers, almost move like a wolf pack. And I saw the guys that were there today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center for your, your press conference. How critical is it for an offensive line to be, like I said, one big unit on and off the field? Yeah, you know what? It's 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 imperative that the offensive line is the hardest working group of men on the field. Every day, going to work, in the trenches, getting better. But for us to come together, you know, I had learned in all my stops in the NFL, it's really big to spend time together outside of the facility. You know, we're in the facility, there's about 15, 20 offensive linemen. We all roll together. But having those meals outside, getting to know your brother, you know, doing the barbecues over at Colton's house, doing the barbecues at my house. It was just, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where we have to be a wolf pack. Every man has to stick up for his brother. And I love what we did here. You know, we, we made a group of, uh, we had a group of just great guys who bought in, who were ready to get better every day. And I think that, that kind of, that energy kind of filters out to the rest of the team. You know, look at these guys. These guys are in the trenches. They're dogging it out, you know, hurt ankles, knees, shoulders, but they're out there every day. They're grinding. I think, you know, for offensive line to be the bell cow and uh, be the show pony and be like, listen, do it just like them. You know, it's funny. I remember you in training camp last year, and, and of course you got hurt, but uh, still, even before you got hurt, it looked like you were having so much fun out there as you were training. And training camp is a grind. We know that it's right around the corner, <laughs> yeah. but you look like you were just having so much fun out there with those guys. Man, I had a blast, man. It's, you know, I had a blast playing my entire career. I was blessed to play so long. I'm so grateful that I got to play with so many teammates. And that's what I wanted to show the guys, you know, in training camp, it sucks. It's hot. We're beating each other up. But that's the time you get better. You know, I was always at my best when it was its hardest. And just to grind that out, that grit, to pass that down to these young offensive linemen to, to build their careers upon, uh, it was really great, man. Having, you know, having a blast out there with the boys. I love being in the locker room. Love, uh, love everything that comes with it. And, um, you know, I'll still be around the guys. I'll be a mentor to these guys. So, while I'll miss it, I'll still be a part of it. Talking right now with Richie Incognito here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So, of course, the Raiders look like they have a really solid unit going into training camp, which gets started next week. When you look at this offensive line, how good can they be, and how much can you see uh, a growth from Alex Leatherwood from year one to two? Absolutely. You know, this is, this is the time for Leatherwood to grow up from year one to two. You know, you come in as a rookie, you don't know which way he's up. you got a 17-game schedule plus playoffs. You know, it's, it's really sink or swim. So for Leatherwood to come in and grow and develop, I'm excited to see him go. You know, I'll go down the line. Uh, Colton Miller's a stud. He's a bona fide Pro Bowl left tackle, and I hope that is coming in his future. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's a great man. He's a great leader. He's a, he's a really humble guy. Uh, John Simpson, again, you know, he's kind of coming out of that rookie first year, second year kind of malaise, you know, <laughs> where it's all kind of spinning really fast. Uh, for him, I just hope he settles down, gets his technique down. He plugs in there really nice next to Andre and Colton, and they have a, a solid left side of the line going forward. Um, 
Similar with Andre James, another young kid. He's got to take a step. He's got to take his game to another level. And that's what I'm always impressing upon these guys. You can never be satisfied. You always have to be working. You have to outwork everybody. So Andre, again, he's coming back second year as a starter. We're going to see a big bump from him. Right guard's going to be interesting. Um, I'm rooting for Lester Cotton to win the job. I thought Lester can play from the moment he came in. He had to get some stuff squared away with his technique, but I'm hoping for a great competition over there at right guard. And then uh, at right tackle, you know, we'll have Leatherwood out there. I think this will be a big season for him. Um, a lot of growth, a lot of development. I know he spent the whole offseason uh, getting bigger, faster, stronger down in Dallas with a bunch of O-linemen. So just, you know, all focus is going to be on this group. You know, we got a bunch of horsepower on offense right now. Uh, I really like what Coach McDaniels brings to the Raiders, which is going to be a multiple approach. It's not going to be like, hey, we're going to do these three things. You know, we're going to do these 25 things, and we're going to just confuse defenses throughout the year. So I'm excited to see these guys go. They know all the pressures on them and uh, just keep pushing them to get better every day. How how critical do you think it was for Alex Leatherwood to get as much experience as he did his rookie year? I mean, I know he played tackle and guard, but he played all year long. No doubt. I mean, you got to throw him in the fire. you, you got to throw him in the deep end of the pool or else they never learn. And uh, he took his lumps. You know, he, he had his ups, he had his downs. But I think with Leatherwood, you saw him getting better as the year went on. You know, there's a lot of stuff going around in a young guy's head when they're starting to play. You know, what's the play? What's the scheme? What's the technique? How do I hit this block? And I think the more you play, the more you're out on that field with other bona fide NFL players, uh, you gain confidence. And uh, I think we saw Leatherwood, we saw John, we saw all of them, even Andre. Andre got better as the year went on. So build on what they did great last year, fix the mistakes, and then come out this year and kick some ass. Richie, you uh, you blocked for a lot of quarterbacks. What What is it like to, to block for a guy like Derek who can just pinpoint, pinpoint the ball around the yard? Oh, man, it's great blocking for Derek. I, I, uh, I played in a couple Pro Bowls with Derek, and we just, we just, we, we just hit it off. You know, we always, we always joke, man, we, we're going to play together for real someday. We're going to play together for real someday. So when I got to Oakland and they were like, nobody touches Derek, I took that personal. Nobody even look at Derek. Yeah, I know we give him time. I know he's going to carve up the defense, and I love it. I, I, I'm so excited they got Devontae for him. Obviously, he's got Hunter, Waller. We got some young receivers to develop, but we knew if we gave Derek time, we kept Derek clean, he would keep us in the game, and he would keep us in the game late in the fourth quarter when we needed to go uh, get a score to win. We know keep him clean, we go win this game. No doubt, no doubt, and he's done that time and time again. We see him with all these fourth-quarter comebacks. Again, we're talking with Richie Incognito, recently retired Richie Incognito, here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. That run that the Raiders went on last year, those last four games of the season to get themselves into the playoffs, I'm not going to lie to you, Richie. I didn't think that they were going to – I didn't think they had it in them to get it it done, going, going through everything they went through throughout the course of the season. What did you see from that unit as they were able to do that last year? Well, we love it when people doubt us. I think that, you know, in the NFL, you have to find motivation anywhere. And uh, you, you use that to, to fuel you for those late-season pushes. And for the guys to come together after everything that went on last year, I mean, we were taking big body blows. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, it caused a lot of the young guys to dig deep and really figure out who they are. And what it did was it just kept galvanizing the unit. It kept pushing guys together. It kept you know, I think Rich did a really good job of, of having guys play for one another because that's it. When you're on the field, it's just us. It's us versus everybody. And to see those guys overcome all that, then win out on the back end of the season to get a chance to earn the playoffs, 
um, it was it was nothing short of a miracle, man. You know, it was uh, it was tough. We had some dark days. I remember, you know, we we had to have some tough conversations. You know, it was uh, it was one of those things as a veteran. I kind of processed. I've been around. I've seen a lot, but last year was uh, was definitely an outlier. But to see the boys respond, and you know, that's what you want to see. You know, when when things are tough, how will you respond? And mm-hmm. the conditions kept getting tougher and tougher. And I think it just drove us together even more. And then. To see them pull that off and get into the playoffs, man, I was so proud of our guys. It was awesome to see. I, like I said, that's why I have no problem saying that I, I didn't think it was going to be possible because I know a lot of people didn't. But to see uh, the whole team and the whole unit be able to come together and do what they did and, and find their way to get to the playoffs. And, hell, damn near won that playoff game. So, I mean, there's there's that as well. But, uh, Richie, like I said, just got a couple more questions for you. It feels like that you've got coaching in your future. I know you're going to go to Arizona State and you're working on some school stuff too, which is awesome. Uh, can't wait to see how, what you do with that. But feels like you got some coaching in your uh, in your future. Absolutely, man. I'm a lifer. I know nothing else but this game. Uh, I will be coaching in the near future. You know, I'm taking, I took the off season to travel and connect with friends and family. Uh, going to enjoy the fall, you know, supporting the boys, being up here as much as I can. And then we'll see what shakes out for, uh, for the next season. You know, I'd love to have an opportunity to come back and coach these men. Um, you know, I spoke with Mr. Davis. I said, listen, whatever capacity you need me in, player development, coaching, I'll be a, a strength coach intern. You know, I just want to give back. I want to help these guys, help these guys win, you know, continue mentoring these guys. But um, I've, I've run from it my whole life, the coaching thing, because the, the time commitment and, and all this stuff. But the older I got, the, the more I realized I'm a lifer. This is, this is in my blood, and i got to give back. i got to give back to the game because it's given me so much. All right, Richie, you mentioned the offensive line. You guys hanging out, always been together, uh, almost like a Wolfpack mentality. Even the barbecues at Colton's house or your house. What's the funniest moment that you can share with us from your time with the Raiders? Oh, my God, my funniest moment. That's a good question. Um, man, we, we've had so many good memories together. I mean, I guess, <laughs> let's see, what can I, what, what's PG for the air? <laughs> yes, please, please PG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to keep it PG. I mean, uh, we, we, we did a barbecue at my house here in Vegas, and uh, we invited a couple people. We're going to have like 15, 20 people over. It was the height of COVID. You know, no one knew what was going on. We're all in lockdown and all these protocols. And it was the summer before the uh, 2021 season. So we, uh, it was a UFC night. We had a barbecue at my house. There had to be 80 people at my house. It was insane. I was like, boys, we said 20. And, I mean, the whole cul-de-sac was full of cars. And half the team was there. I mean, it was, uh, you know, that's, that's, just, that's just a reflection of how close we are, you know. If, uh, if one guy's having a party, we're all having a party. <laughs> all right, Richie. So, also, with the offensive line, who's the biggest eater? Oh, the biggest eater. The biggest eater I've ever seen is Gabe Jackson. That man could eat the first night we went to an O-line dinner. This man sat down with two bone-in fillets. He ordered all the sides at Ruth Chris for himself. The cream <laughs> spinach, the sweet potato casserole, this. And he sat there and slowly and deliberately ate that for about an hour and 15 minutes. And that was, that was, that was pretty impressive. Colton can eat too. Colton and Dre can eat. Dre's the barbecue master. Whatever we're cooking, we got to run by Chef Dre. And, uh, you know, Chef, is, uh, he pours his heart out into his food. So we always eat good with Dre. Nice. I like it. Also, and with you offensive linemen, a lot of guys, after they retire, they get skinny. So what goes into how much are you eating during the season to stay at a playing weight as an offensive lineman in the NFL? You know, when, when we're really going in training camp, I'm probably eating close to 6,000 calories. Wow. Um, you know, everything, is, everything for me is structured. You know, I have a great team around me at Exos down in Arizona. I've been there since 2004. 
my combine training. Uh, they made they made things really easy for me. They 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 print out a blueprint of what I ate, uh, schedule of supplements, schedule of eating, and uh, I was able to take that and you know obviously have a long run with it. But uh, now I'm, now it's time to slim down. I haven't been in the weight room for about three weeks. I feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm used to being in there every day, but you know, for me, slimming down, uh, I've always been you know over 300 pounds since I'm 15 years old. So I'm trying to get down to that 300 pound mark. Uh, you know, start doing some uh, some swimsuit ads. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, Richie, th- thank you so much for your time, your extended time. As a matter of fact, man, great story. Uh, we all have appreciated your time with the Silver and Black. I think you did some really good things, and clearly, it was a bright spot, a real bright spot in your in your career being with the Raiders. Absolutely, man. It was uh, it was it was a great cap to the to my career. Uh, just leave you one more story. You know, I, when I got to Napa for training camp in 2019, Gruden pulled me in. He goes. You were born to be a Raider. And ever since then, man, I, I've, I've literally laid my life on the line for this organization. And they've done nothing but support me and build me up. And so I owe my life to the, to the Raiders. Well, hey, like I said, man, we definitely appreciate you. We appreciate your time. Congratulations with retirement. Uh, enjoy everything you're doing with Arizona State when you go to school and, and handle your business. And as soon as you come back to coaching, man, we'll be talking to you. And we definitely appreciate you. Sounds good, guys. Great chat. Good talking to you. Absolutely. There he goes. Recently retired offensive lineman Richie Incognito spent a good 17 minutes with us right there telling us stories, just telling us about what it means to be a Raider. And you could truly tell by listening to Richie Incognito, he loved his time as a Raider. And he grew up and grew up and grew up some more through the course of his career, and it plateaued with the silver and black. I think that's a hell of a story. I really do. Oh, man, that's great, man. I just loved every bit about that interview there. Mm-hmm. And Jesse said that that last story. I felt like he could have shared with us so many oh, more yeah. stories. Oh, we could have kept them had... on all hour. We could have kept them on all hour. I mean, we really could have. But just born to be a Raider because when people say, we ask that question, what does it mean to you to be a Raider? You know, we have that Marcel Reese rejoin that we have. But he is one of those players that just personifies what being a Raider is all about to me. Yep, exactly. Mike hit us up on Twitter. Wish Richie could have been a Raider his entire career, a throwback to when the Raiders were feared. Now a bunch of choir boys masquerading in silver and black. And, I mean, hey, look, man, uh, he was truly a whistle-to-whistle guy, you know? And you mentioned earlier in the show, there's not everyone isn't isn't built like that, right? Richie Incognito was whistle-to-whistle, maybe a little bit past the whistle. As an offensive lineman, that's exactly what you want. I totally understand uh, where Mike's coming from. And I'm also excited about, I'll tell you this, and we'll come back, we'll take a quick break, but I've thought that the offensive line is something to be very concerned about this, this training camp, and obviously we're going to pay attention. He's dropping nuggets about the offensive line. He sounds very confident about the O-line, including Lester Cotton. We'll come back and talk about it. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What To you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the, just the jersey or just the, just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about, it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. You heard Marcel Reese right there talking about what it was like to, or what it meant to be a Raider. I think Richie Incognito could have answered that as well, right? Just joined us in the last segment. If you missed that interview, we'll have it up a little bit later. Demond's going to tweet it out. At R&R 920 AM, that's our uh, Raider Nation Radio 920 Twitter account. 
Really good conversation with Richie Incognito. Vegas just tweeted at us. That was a great interview with Richie Incognito. Had a uh, text on the Sam and Ash text line from Gizmo. That interview was great, Q. After hearing Incognito speak on his Raider career, it's clear that the biggest impact he had was the leadership and mentorship and not his on-the-field play. W for Richie. W for the Raiders. Again, that's from Gizmo. And on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword r and I agree wholeheartedly. In the first hour of the show today, back at 12, when uh, it was announced that Richie Incognito was retiring, it was really to our surprise. We, weren't, we were kind of caught off guard here. We asked the question about what was the biggest impact that he had. And I said, and, and I said it to him, you know, and that's the one thing about me that you'll learn. If I say something on the radio, I'll say it to whoever it is. If I'm talking about a certain player, if I'm talking about a team, just like I told Richie Incognito, hey, I doubted you guys. I doubted you guys. And he said, hey, we don't mind people doubting us. I'll, I don't mind being critical or criticizing as long as I have the stones to say it to someone when, when I'm around them. That's what you're going to learn about me is that I have no problem with that. And it's, it comes from a respectful place. You see, he didn't, get, he didn't take it disrespectfully. Hey, he gets it. It's what it is. But we asked the impact of what Richie Incognito brought to the table as a, as, as a member of the Raiders. And I said I felt like he helped a lot with Colton Miller. And DeMond, he went on and on about Colton Miller when he got him after his first year and how he helped teach him the game, teach him what it was, it was it meant to be a pro. Taught him how to play the game. You know what I mean? Just he needed, Colton Miller needed. Now he's obviously flourishing on his own now. He needed that guy. Yeah, that nugget that he gave about the first game, Colton Miller called, ah, oh, 55, 22. Right, and right, he's right. like, hey, me and, up, are, yeah, me and Rodney are going to talk. <laughs> and you just listen to what I tell you. That right. was like the best nugget for what he provided for Colton Miller. It really was. It really, And it tells you, it takes you behind the scenes of what happens. Because that's what happens. I can imagine. I can imagine if I was a rookie doing something, I'd jump in there, oh, you know, calm down, Rook. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you have to get someone to say, calm the hell down. Like, this is how we do this thing. I can respect that. And you you, you saw the growth from Colton Miller. Everyone always talks about, man, Colton Miller from year one to year two. Man, remember how much bigger a, a jump that was? Yeah. Guess who was there to help him in year two? Richie Incognito. I I really, and I, and I like the rest of what he was saying about the offensive line and how even Andre James, and, and look, he was very honest as well. They still have room to grow. He said John Simpson has to work on his technique. I mean, I, that's the thing. It's like we talk about the offensive line. That's the guy that was in the trenches with them, and he's, he's seen where they were to where they're at to where they need to go. Andre James, he talked about him growing, especially towards the end of the season. I think we all saw that as the run game started to open up, right? Josh Jacobs was able to actually run the rock in the last four games of the season. But what stood out to me the most, and I know you know where I'm going. You threw your hands up in the air when he said it. Lester Cotton has been a guy. He's been a guy that Vic Tafer talked about during, during mandatory minicamp. Vinny talked about during mandatory minicamp. Adam Hill has been talking about, no joke, he's been talking about Lester Cotton for two seasons now, at least two seasons. He brought him up last year during training camp. He brought him up again this year during training camp. He has been on Lester Cotton for a while. It sounds like, and this is only June 15th, camp hasn't opened up. They're not out there working right now. It sounds like Lester Cotton's got a real opportunity I mean, I don't know about you, but when he talked about and mentioned Lester Cotton and went down the offensive line, to me, he went down the, through the starters. Mm-hmm. And he said that there's going to be a competition at that right guard position. But it sounds like Lester Cotton is part of that. He's in the mix. Yeah, and he said that, that he's rooting for him. Just to take it back real quick to Mike Tomlin when he was on the Pivot Podcast, he said sometimes the difference between 
a role player and a pro bowler is opportunity. So Lester Cotton, he could be one of those guys. If he's given the opportunity, if he can get a start this season for the Raiders, maybe he can take that and run with it because he obviously has that belief from his teammates of, hey, Mm -hmm. he's a guy. Right. And he's still a young man. He's only 26 years old. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's. Man, that's a puppy in uh, in offensive line lineman years, right? I mean, uh, offensive linemen they get in those trenches, man. They could play for a while. There's a reason why he stuck around the team. There also might be a reason why the Raiders haven't gone out and made a big move that we're talking about on the offensive line. Maybe they literally and people have called in. This is not this is not. I'm not breaking news. People have called in. People have texted in. People have tweeted at me. Q, I think they're good. Q, I think they're good. I've been, you know, hesitant to believe that, but I've been wrong. And I have no problem admitting that I've been wrong. Could Lesser Cotton be a guy that maybe we're all overlooking and that he really holds a, a a key to the success of this offensive line? He really could be. Yeah, because I do think that once Dylan Parham was drafted, we've all kind of slotted him in. As- I slotted him in immediately. Exactly. But, hey, Lester Cotton's got something to say. He's got something to say. Hell, Dylan Parham might have something to say about the left guard. Oh, boom. Because it's just because John says he did say that he's still like still working out work that, on his technique, working out the technique that first year, second year. He didn't say jitters, but, you know, like those things still getting used mm-hmm. to be playing at the NFL level. Right. I mean, look, John Simpson did something that was not easy last season. You got to give him a lot of credit for that. He slid into a position that he thought was going to be occupied by the guy we just talked to. He thought Richie Incognito was going to have that spot. He got hurt during preseason and training camp. He wasn't able to get out there and do anything on the field. As he said, he was around the team. He was trying to coach those guys up. He was trying to work his way back. It just didn't work out. But John Simpson did get that burn. He did get that those reps. He still has work to do. That's what this training camp is going to be all about. But I'll tell you what, Lester Cotton is going to be a guy that I, I probably would have paid attention to a little bit during training camp. He's a guy that I'm definitely going to have on my radar now. When a guy in the trenches, when a guy who clearly is very – very much uh, in the mix there in the in, in the building is is talking him up. Something to pay attention to. Yeah, because Richie, he was very honest. If we would have asked him, don't want to put him on the spot, but we would have asked him, hey, who do you think just isn't that good? He probably would have told us. Right, right. He was very honest. So very honest. give him that praise. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe him 100%. I do too. I do too. And, you know, the little nugget that he gave us about Alex Leatherwood. You know, he's he's excited about his his potential. And he also said, Outside at the right tackle position. So what we're talking about, and, you know, we're just us. What we're talking about, oh, well, he's going to either be a guard or a tackle. And I've said many times I think he's going to be a guard and not a tackle. Again, sounds like the plan is, and I know we've talked about this multiple times, it sounds like the plan is for him to be the right tackle. Now, he's got to go out there and earn it. They're not just going to give it to him. There's nothing that this new regime is going to give him or give anybody. And I don't think that there's really anything that the old regime was going to just hand someone. you got to go out there and earn it. But I know for a fact that this regime sure ain't going to just hand something. It's not, hey, yeah, you're a number 17 overall pick. There you go. Just pencil you in. They're going to make him earn it. But it sounds like they like what he's been doing this offseason. You heard Richie talk about going and working, getting bigger, faster, stronger. I can appreciate that. I think think things are trending. I I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I think things are trending in the right direction. Don't you feel way more confident about the offensive line? than you did two hours ago. Absolutely. I, I, I can say that, yes. He's convinced me. He sold me. It's like, man. He sold me that it's not as big and major of a concern as I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, it's not doom and gloom. Like right. I feel like some people are like, oh, Derek Carr, he's not going to have any time to throw Look, the ball. Man, it doesn't matter I've about questioned the it myself. I've questioned it my damn self. I've said, hey, man, they're only going to go as, as far as you know they can be blocked. 
You know, and, and I've said it about the whole division, right? What do I said about the division? The division winner is going to be the team with the best bookend tackles that can protect their quarterback. I think that the Raiders have an opportunity to do that. I feel a lot better about the offensive line hearing from Richie Incognito. Now, th- that doesn't mean that they're going to be all pro. Doesn't mean that they're all of a sudden going to just be this the the you know best car insurance, best version of car insurance we ever seen. But at least you know that there's some confidence in that building going forward. 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. Who we got up? Raider Mike. Raider Mike, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? Been a while. Been a minute. Yeah. What's up, D? Anyway, Josh McDaniels is a genius. I think he knows what he has. I don't think we need to worry about our line. I really don't. And the last guy named Lester that played for us was in the Hall of He should be in the Hall of Fame. That stick him crap. I'll jam it down Ken's throat. you kidding me. He better be up soon. They're going to wait for him to die, I guess. And then they'll put him in. You know, it's just... Anyway, Raider Nation, settle down, baby. (laughs) We're about to bring it like no other. The most ruthless division in the history of the NFL. And it's going to be... I mean, the FC West should just have its own network, like the SEC. (laughs) We start charging double for games. Because uh, the entertainment level is just going to be beautiful. Just is. Anyway, I missed your show, Q. I just, my work schedule ain't working out with you. And that's why I haven't called much. <laughs> ain't working out. We got a relationship. <laughs> I, love, I love your boys. I miss D. D gets me with Benny and uh, Heidi and, and Clay. But uh, that's why I've been slacking. Want to call in, say hi, and tell Raider Nation not to worry. We're about to bring the hurt. We're about curb stomping people soon. So let's fly. Love you. Raiders! There he goes. Raider Mike, thank you for the call, my man. And hey, sometimes that work schedule is that work schedule, man. You know, you just. I understand. Believe me, I no understand. One's many relationships before, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's actually real. <laughs> Tell me about another. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It, it is something. It is a real thing. So uh, thank you for the call. And look, you know, I I, I will say I, I wouldn't say that there's nothing to worry about. I would just say that it might not be as as much of a hey big question mark. That's the biggest question mark going into training camp as we thought it was. Like like I said a couple hours ago. Also, real quick, this has nothing to do with nothing, but Brandon Parker's in that picture next to Lester Cotton. Yeah. And I wanted to go see, man, how tall is Lester Cotton? Listed at 6'4". So somebody's lying because Brandon Parker looks huge. Right. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, this dude looks like 6'10", but he's listed at 6'8". I was about to say, yeah, he's about 6'7", 6'8", yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's just one of those things. I'm, like, looking at this picture, and it's just like, <laughs> man, Brandon Parker. Right. Like, just a nice swing tackle. I know. And you know what? How does he factor into everything? How does he factor into this mix? Is he backup? Is he, you know, is he a guy that's competing for a starting job? I mean, who knows? Who knows what, what goes? I mean, they, they have guys, you know? I mean, they, they do have dudes. And, you know, Raider Mike is pretty pretty comfortable and chill about the offensive line. I've been pretty concerned about it. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been pretty concerned thinking that that's got to be solidified. If that's not solidified, all the work that they've done around the offensive line and, and on the offense is, is going to go for nothing. It sounds like that they're, again, trending in the right direction. 
Got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q&D, fantastic interview with Richie Incognito. Once again, thank you for spoiling us here on the radio. Airways with great insight. It's Friday, and it's officially happy hour somewhere. I'm about to start my vacation here, so that means my red polo shirt is about to come off. Heading to L.A. for the All-Star Game festivities. I'll be sure to pour some uh, whiskey out for both you and Damon. Raiders. Raiders from Sir Whiskey Ray said cheers. And I'll tell you, man, my man gets around, man. He was here in Vegas. Now he's going to the All-Star Game and uh, doing all that. Just, hey, man, good good for you, brother. Live your life. Live your life. I'm not mad at that at all. And, uh, yeah, man, it's it's really it is our pleasure to try to – uh, continue to to bless the airwaves every day and bring Raider Nation exactly what they deserve. And uh, I'm telling you, a lot of people have no idea what goes into putting these shows together each and every day, but we put in, and I'm not trying to toot our own horn, I'm just saying we put in a lot of work because we know the expectations and what Raider Nation deserves. It's been far too long since Raider Nation hasn't had a consistent outlet, and we want to make sure that we do that for you. So uh, thank you so much for that uh, for that text, my man. I appreciate you. Vegas Pete hit us up. Seems like we have a good young offensive line. Good also returns. So there's that. That's from Vegas Pete. Definitely appreciate you. Robin Oakland sent a text, and I wanted to get to it, but it looks like it's only it looks like only one one piece of the text came through. Because I see I see the number four, but I don't see the rest of the text. So I don't want to read it out of order. So I'll wait. I'll take a quick break. Robin Oakland, thank you for the text. If if the other three, I'm assuming there's three other pieces to it. If they haven't come through, uh, hit us back with it. We'll definitely get it on. And when we come back, you'll also hear from Mark Davis, who was in attendance of Richie Incognito's uh, his retirement uh, press conference over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Shout out to Willie Ramirez from the AP, who actually sent the audio over because, again, we were not in attendance. But you'll hear from Mark Davis, the owner, next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Last time that I checked, it was five chains on my neck. Can never just jump on that. Got to let that ride. Last time that I checked, I was selling songs in the set. Make a quarter mil, no sweat. Last time that I checked. Man, that goes hard. Shout out to Nip. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 9. 2342 is the time. We're almost through four hours of radio. Almost four hours in the books. Like it's nothing. And Radio Nation, no joke. DeMond, how much do we have left that we're not going to get to today? Tiger Woods didn't make the cut today. <laughs> didn't, yeah. Had that lined up. Had a whole segment lined out for that. Chris Canty. Talking about overrated players. Talking about players that we've talked about. Not going to talk about not it. Not going to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> we had plenty of stuff. That we had lined up that we just are not going to get to on today's show. And that just kind of means that, well, hey, means we've had a hell of a show. So uh, definitely appreciate everyone who's been involved, sending in texts and calls. And, of course, the great guests that we've had on the show, including Richie Incognito. What are you laughing at? No cover three. We didn't talk about Sean Watson. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I didn't get to cover three either. Yeah. Jeez. See? That's that's what happens. And that's a four-hour show. That's that's exactly what happens. But we did get some great great texts, including this one from Rob in Oakland. Sam and S text line 69187 keyword RR. After this text, you'll hear from Raiders owner Mark Davis. Shout out to Willie Ramirez again who sent the audio over. Robin Oakland said, I think a series of events have made this generation of players less engaged in rivalries. One, in the old days, there was no free agency. Players stayed on teams for several consecutive years and things got personal with rivals, which increased the intensity of the games. With free agency and huge TV contracts, the players are incentivized to chase uh, larger sums of money frequently by changing teams, which is exactly my belief and that's why i say that the rivalries in pro sports are really gone is because and i feel like it has to all do with free agency just like you said 
Uh, then he said, two, as fans, we're asking them to run faster and hit each other harder in rivalry games, but as players, prolonging their careers increases lifetime income. Exactly. Three, uh, I think that relationships of athletes with society has changed with all the money and years round training. I feel like athletes have turned into temperamental prima donnas. That's from Rob in Oakland. Then he had one more text that came through originally, and that was actually number four, and now I can't find number four. How, do I, how did one through three come through? Oh, here's four. Here it is. Hold on. Wait a minute. No, no, no. It disappeared. Dang it. You got it? No. Sometimes, okay, here <laughs> no, we go. No, obviously. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the younger generation has been taught or otherwise has evolved to reject the macho and competitive tendencies of the generation of the past. These are just some thoughts off the top. Okay, got it. Got it. You know, the one thing I'll say and we always and I get caught up saying it sometimes too cuz you know 45 going on 46 in November I always say oh back in the day this or back in the day that the one thing I'll say about the athletes now in any sport don't care what it is they're so business savvy so smart like Josh Jacobs when he came out of college before he was ever drafted by the Raiders I mean he was already kind of telling me his business plan telling me like these guys have plans these guys know what they're worth they know that they are an investment. They they themselves are investing in themselves instead of just, hey, I'm going out there and playing for the love and the passion of the game. It's just different now. And that's okay. Different is okay. Different is not, doesn't have to be bad. It's just different. Yeah, it's it's also good. We all love the, the big hits from yesterday, but sometimes it's good if a player pulls up. You don't have to make that hit on a guy because you're thinking about your fellow NFL like team member of just that fraternity of being in the NFL. Right. You don't right. want to take that guy out. And even even guys that, you know, are like like Rob said that, you know, the guys aren't on teams and, and hate the other player, that's fine. I mean, I like it. I like it when players, you know, have animosities or other players. I think that's great. But you don't have to. I'm still gonna watch the game, I'm still gonna get excited by the game. I don't have to see it like that. So yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's just things change and things evolve. And and that's just part of the evolution of things. So uh, thank you so much for that text, my man. I do appreciate you. It's always good to hear from you. Now, I wanted to get to a few sound bites from Raiders owner Mark Davis on Richie Incognito. Again, this is from Willie Ramirez. He sent it over. He's from the AP. He's also part of Cofield and Company on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. So I'm going to go through these. Uh, it's only about, what, four or five sound bites that we have, but I think it's a lot of good stuff. So the first one from Mark Davis is just about the team and the brotherhood, what that's meant to Richie Incognito and himself. Well, you know, it's meant a lot ever since he got here. I felt that. And, you know, we've, we've talked about it a lot, about his career and coming to the Raiders and it feeling like coming to home. Um, he created such a, uh, a fierce leadership uh, mentality amongst these young guys that he's teaching them how to become football players and how to become Raiders. Um, he, as he said, he was born to be a Raider, and I believe that. And as I just told him now, you know, we're going to uh, Canton, Ohio in a couple of weeks for Cliff Branch and Richard Seymour. And I said in five years, we'll be going for him as well. Whoa, there you go. Mark Davis talking about Richie Incognito in Canton, Ohio, retiring as a Raider. He's talking about the Hall of Fame right there. But uh, I like what he said about, you know, toughness, coaching these younger guys up. And it goes back to what we were talking about, right? We've been talking about throughout the course of the show. That's what he came to the Raiders to do was be that tough guy, uh, kind of toughen up the, the younger guys, help out with Colton Miller, coach these guys up. And I think he's done a good job. Oh, he did a great job, and I know Mark Davis mentioned the canned comments. I don't think Richie Incognito's there, but he's still got one of those legacy, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not an all-time great, but just being a really damn good player. Right, and, and that's, that's so, and that's good. That's something to be proud of. Right, no doubt, no doubt. This next one, uh, Mark Davis had a little bit of fun with, talking about uh, how the Raiders are humble, but they're also, on the field, they're badasses, but off the field, not so much. Well, that's the thing about being a Raider. You know, they're badasses on the field, but they're uh, kittens off the field. <laughs> 
And you'll see that with a lot of the guys in this organization. You know, they, they, they play their asses off to be Raiders. And it's, you know certain people are born to be Raiders, and Richie's one of them. But uh, off the field, they do so much in the community and everything else that it's the badass is uh, left on the gridiron. So there's Mark Davis talking about the badass on the field, but uh, the kitten off the field. And, you know, I'm not going to call Richie Incognito a kitten, but when he joined <laughs> us, when he joined us, what'd you say? I mean, you said, hey, I can see why he's had so many chances because the dude's very likable. Such a likable guy. So, I'm not saying that I dislike Richie Incognito at right. all, but leaving that interview, I'm definitely a bigger fan than I was. Right. I mean, seriously. I, and again, you don't. We don't know these guys. You know, we know what we see and what we hear about them. But when you get a few minutes, 15, 20 minutes to talk to a guy, you feel like you kind of get a good idea of who that person is and why so many people really love and appreciate him. And even how Mark Davis says in this next soundbite just talks about the way that you know the team supports Richie Incognito. Well, number one, he's a great football player, and I was telling him earlier today when we were talking. You know, my dad would bring in guys like that that are in the twilight of their career, Rick, Jerry Rice players like that that took us to the Super Bowl. But unfortunately, we didn't have the roster to plug, plug Richie into. That would, that would, he could have the full effect on that. But in the other side of the coin, he was able to bring the young guys up to today where we have a really solid offensive line play and guys that understand what it takes to become a, a football player in the National Football League and to be a Raider. And that's hard work. And Richie never uh, shied away from that. Even with the injuries, he was always in for treatments and all of that stuff, trying to get better. And I think maybe his desire to come back too quickly may have hindered the ability to actually get it healed. But that, that's what it, you know, a champion does. They want to play. There's Mark Davis talking about Richie Incognito. You hear him there talking about him uh, working really hard to try to get back onto the gridiron and, and, and play and just wasn't able to get back from that injury, recover from that injury he suffered in training camp last season as they were uh, practicing against the Rams. He just uh, hurt himself and wasn't able to get back. And, you know, if you were tuned into the show earlier in the first hour of the show, up in the 12 o'clock hour, Vinny Bonsignor joined the show, and that's, that's what he was talking about was, hey, you know, Mark Davis appreciated how hard he worked you know, as a Raider, even though he didn't play as many games as he wanted to. And like you heard Mark just say right there, even at the, uh, you know, last season, he was working so hard to try to get back, it, it probably hurt him. Yeah, but those are, that's what makes players, like, you know, beloved. Right. The fact that you risk it all, you put it out there, you, you get a setback because you wanted it too much. Right. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you work so hard because you, you love it, you got a passion for it, you want it so bad, it actually hurts you in the end, right? I mean, it, it, it sets you back or you do something that you don't quite want to do. And, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, either being tired and somehow you get a little injured, something slips. I mean, so, sometimes those kind of things happen, and that's just from working sometimes a little bit too hard. And so, obviously, every player that we've talked to, every player that, you know, is part of the Raiders organization, they always talk about how great the Raiders as an organization are, how they take care of the the uh, the, the, the alumni. And so, Mark Davis was asked about players loving the team post-retirement. Well, it's, it's a great feeling. But again, I don't think Raiders leave and, and just take it as a paycheck. Um, it's once a Raider, always a Raider. As I've said to you guys many, many times, the most valuable asset the Raiders have is its alumni. It's their blood, sweat, and tears that built this organization, built this building, this fabulous building we're in, and built Allegiant Stadium as well. All of that. So I, I, I find it, you know, it, it, it means so much to me that Richie wanted to be a Raider, uh, you know, and retire as a Raider. Absolutely. It brings a lot of pride. Could you see him coming back and helping you guys coach? And... Listen. <laughs> yeah. He was coaching, right? I'm ready to get going myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> there's Mark Davis talking about uh, Richie Incognito post-retirement and the fact that he uh, wanted to retire as a Raider, loved being a Raider and how important that was. And uh, you also heard him talk about, you know, the players not just taking a paycheck and running. And, and you know, what, what really stood out to me is earlier when we were playing some of these sound bites, he said that they're going to be going to, to Canton for Cliff Branch and Richard Seymour. I always kind of glance over that. Like, yeah, Richard Seymour was a Raider, but yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I glance over it. But you see how much pride Mark Davis takes in a guy who played for the Raiders. Richard Seymour played for the Raiders, too. So he said, hey, we're going out for Cliff. That's his best friend. That was his best friend and, and Richard Seymour. So it's not like it's just Cliff in his mind. It's, hey, it's, it's, it's everyone. And then he said, and we'll be back there for you in five years. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's awesome. I, I, just, I just think that is. And that's right there going back to the sound that we just heard. Why players love to be Raiders, because as Mark Davis said, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. Now, you started to hear him uh, talk about uh, if, if Richie Incognito could ever coach for the team or be part of the, the team. Uh, here's, here's the rest of that soundbite right here. Mark Davis talking about uh, pro- possible involvement in the future with the organization. Well, that, that again is going to be up to Richie, and obviously he said he's going to be sitting with me at the games now instead of uh, <laughs> down there. We talked about Lock learning guard. that we're going to teach each other new words. During the game, and, uh, but uh, you know, he's—I he's, I believe Richie will be a part of this organization for a long time to come because of his relationship with the young players and the other players. They respect him, and he just—he loves it. It's part of his life being in, in football. A little so. more frequent dinners with the Pieros with him. There you go. There you go. There you go. There's Mark Davis talking about uh, Richie Incognito being a part of the organization for some years to come. And, and if you heard him talking to us at the top of the hour. You know he wants to be a part. He said, hey, you make me a strength and conditioning intern. I'll be that guy. I just I just want to give and be a part of this Raiders organization. I think that says a lot about the team. Yeah, then they had me thinking, Richie Incognito and Deuce Gruden as your oh, strength man. coaches. That strength that, that strength room man. is going to be off the chain. Yeah, no, it really will. I'm, I'm really interested and excited. I think that makes uh, an exciting – possibility of what Richie Incognito could do. And I'm not saying take over as the offensive line coach, you know, immediately, but I could see him, you know, earning his way up, working his way up to being an offensive line coach somewhat, some, at some point in the league. Like he said, he's a lifer. I mean, he told us that just at the top of the hour, he said, I'm a lifer. You know, I, I, I ran from being a coach for a long time. And now I know that I want to be a coach. So, um, man, Fantastic stuff from Richie Incognito. Thanks to Willie Ramirez for sending over that Mark Davis sound. Uh, appreciate all the guests that we had on the show today from Vinny Bonsignor, who got everything rolling for us uh, in the 12 o'clock hour. Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Pats in the 1 o'clock hour. Chris Carter, host of the Locked On Steelers in the 2 o'clock hour. And Jose Sanchez, uh, talking all things 49ers, also in the 2 o'clock hour. Of course, Richie Incognito. Big shout out to my guy, Will Kiss, Eddie Pascal over there at the Raiders, who uh, hooked it up for us. Got Richie Incognito on the show as we weren't there in attendance to the, the presser earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And the biggest shout-out of all has to go to Raider Nation. Everyone who chimes in, not only today uh, on the phone lines and on the text line, but all week long, whoever tweets at us all day long, everything, it's because of you that this station is where we are right now, and we definitely appreciate you. We can never tell you we appreciate you enough. Damon, great job all week long. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.